0: Welcome everybody, I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for pre retirement Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. Do you lay awake at night wondering if you have enough money to pay the bills, let alone retire? In this show, your vision will be transformed, and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I am so proud to be able to introduce you to some amazing guests that are going to share with you how you, too, can have a fabulous future. Now, pre-retirement is plan retirement early, so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. Now, you can't get the peace of mind or what I call an estate of mind unless your affairs are in order. So that's why I've invited my special guest today, Carlin Tucker. Carlin has counted a privilege to visit with over 5,000 families during his 32-year career. Many of those folks were ready for retirement, but their financial portfolios were not ready to provide them with the income that they will need for retirement that may last 30 years. Carlin has found it rewarding to provide the knowledge to these families to prepare for them the most financially demanding period of their lives, retirement, and a time frame that can last decades without a single paycheck from an employer. Carlin, makes sure you don't sacrifice the quality of your retirement by being unprepared to face market risk. Longevity risk, and the high costs of care for an extended illness. Carlin has spoken at numerous financial retirement events, including the Senior Market Expo, the Million Dollar Roundtable in Toronto, Canada, and has been reviewed, interviewed on television and radio stations, coast to coast, for his vast knowledge about the issues we are all facing preparing for and living in retirement. Carlin, welcome. It's so glad to have you here.
1: Thank you, Chris.
0: You know, it's it's really, really fascinating how unprepared people are. And I'm sure you're familiar with AARP did a survey where they said 63% of people were, were more scared about running out of money than they are dying. Isn't yeah, uh, I think
1: that change it causes people to be fearful right and doing nothing is easier than doing something and and you want to be prepared you wanna have a great retirement but some people are not sure what to do and don't have the experience or education I saw a bumper sticker the other day that said if you think education is expensive try ignorance and that will cost you in retirement we want to educate our listeners
0: right exactly you know it seems like you know we all went to school we learned how to make money we got out of school made money and then this is what nobody's taught. What do you do with the money? Where do you invest it? And most people go to a broker that they don't usually like. And then what I've seen in my office is usually by the time they're 70, 80, they reach into their retirement and it's half gone.
1: Yeah. It's easy for um, other people to put your money at risk. That doesn't take a lot of talent or or skill. Um, and the reason they do that maybe is because they don't know how to keep it safe and get you respectable returns. The beauty comes in where if you have the knowledge to keep your clients' money safe and get them respectable returns, returns that will be sufficient to support their standard of living throughout retirement, now you've really provided a great service and a great accomplishment. And most people just don't know that combination is available. We want to let them know.
0: Right. So what would, what would you tell someone that, say, is clueless really about retirement and most people really don't think they have to start till they're in their 60s? What, what tips would you, sh- would you share with everybody?
1: Well, obviously, the sooner you start, the better it is because you've got a longer um, time f- um, period for saving. Um, but I think the most important thing is to follow Warren Buffett's rule number one. Don't lose what you already have. They tell us the average American worker will have worked 90,000 hours by the time he's sixty-five. And you can't work a life and then put it in a position where it could be lost and be okay in retirement. You can't get back the 90,000 hours. you got one chance to do it right.
0: What would you do? What, what, what's right? How do you,
1: how so, so what I would do is put the money um, in, in places where it cannot be lost. Um, and, and you need um, diversification. So t- uh, typically when you think um, where is safe money, people might think, well, that's the CD down at the bank, that's the government bond or bond portfolio. And, yes, those are safe. And um, many of those scenarios, you've gotten rid of market risk. The risk you haven't gotten rid of is um, the need to grow your money greater than what they're paying. You have inflation risk. You have longevity risk. And, um, you know, when it comes to um, where can you put your money where it's safe, I think you need to position between the traditional safe stuff, which I mentioned, banks and bonds. And we know where there's opportunity. It's the stock market. There's risk there. So if you could find something in the middle between the stock market's opportunity and the bank's safety, Now you're really accomplishing something to have safety and opportunity on the same dollar at the same time. And we found that in a a vehicle called a fixed indexed annuity. When you mention the word annuity, there's a lot of misinformation. I think people think the the idea of an annuity is, well, that means I get an income stream, I give up my principal. That would be called annuitization. And although that's an option that's available, um, that no longer is typically the common thing that people use. We have lots of ways to get income out of annuities, and you continue to own and control the principal. And they do some phenomenal things by linking you to the market safely.
0: You know, a lot of people, there's a lot of misinformation. It really shocked me, especially when I first started learning about annuities, how long they've been around, right, since the Middle Ages, and that really nobody knows about them. And they have such bad press. The mainstream media doesn't even talk about them. um, And so there's a lot of misnomers about that you can lose your principal and how they actually work.
1: Well, there's a lot of money to be made in the stock market, not by necessarily, although it's possible, by the the um, public and the consumer, but by people who make their living on, on Wall Street. And if you make your living on Wall Street as a, a money manager or running a mutual fund or um, a brokerage firm, you don't really want the competition to um, come along and offer an alternative to what you've been doing That takes the risk out of the portfolio you've been offering people, reduces the fees oftentimes by and captures gains on autopilot, um, it's a real threat. So what do you do when you're threatened um, of your livelihood? You you get defensive and they write articles and say things that are either misinformed or not true or or, um, entirely wrong and um, so unfortunately most of America gets all of their advice from Wall Street and and, um, second opinions are always helpful, aren't they? Um, You can't get a second opinion from the per- person who gave you the first because you already know their view. We already know Wall Street's view. Let's let's take a look at a different view.
0: Well, that's really what's so exciting about what you are an ex- extreme expert, one of the best in equity index annuities, and, and the way you describe it, how they work. So maybe you could just tell everybody they don't have a clue what you're talking about, what and how, what is the principle and how it works.
1: Sure. Well, just to give you a, an overview in annuity, Um, is um, simply a drop of ink on a piece of paper and a promise. And it's a promise by companies of the strongest companies in the world. Um, Annuities in America have been around since 1913, and um, never has a fixed index annuity or an equity index annuity ever had a loss. In fact, to give you some idea of the strength of annuities, um, and I'm talking about fixed annuities now, not variable annuities, which are variable annuities are really nothing more than, mutual funds with a tax deferred wrap around them. Those mutual funds are called sub-accounts. They have names like Fidelity and Vanguard. That's different. We're talking about not putting your principal in the market. We're talking about putting it um, where it's safe in the general accounts of insurance companies that are extremely strong, that have never lost your money. And the worst failure of an insurance company in America is AIG. In that scenario, no one in fixed annuities or life insurance lost any money in that company. The system works. It's extremely strong. So number one, a fixed new annuity get your money safe. And um, that's what we want, right? We want to be able to follow Warren Buffett's rule, number one. Don't lose what you already have. So we can put it there and have absolute safety. Um, and then the next thing is about the opportunity. It has great opportunity. And, and uh, um, Chris, uh, what would you say is maybe common that people in diversified portfolios might get out of the stock market over time?
0: Uh, what will they get out of it? Well, if yeah, what
1: kind of return? You know, what's an average typical return oh, um, that wow. people might experience in the stock market over a long period of time? When I read stuff, I'm I'm seeing things that are like 3 4 5%, not right. these 10s or 12s that people think.
2: Yeah, and, um, need, so, yeah
1: exactly. Right. So an indexed annuity gives you a chance to link to that same market and make returns that are like that or even better um, because... I believe this strongly, moderate returns that never experience a loss will outperform a volatile market over time. Your listeners might even want to write that down because it tells you that as long as you never have downside risk and then indexed annuity doesn't put your money at risk, you can't ever have a loss, zero is the floor, you never give back a gain. the principle is never put at risk. When you always have all you've ever had to work with, even if all you get on top of it is moderate returns, you can do really, really well because you're never having to make up for a loss.
0: Right, right. And it's tax-deferred, right? So it's yes. growing three times. so
1: it grows tax-free over the duration of the vehicle, and then when you pull it out, it's taxed at that time. And you wrap it in a Roth, and then, of course, you pay the taxes as the money goes in, and it grows tax-free. All of my annuities I have in Roth wrappers. You know what that means? That means I've got absolute safety, I've got tax-deferred growth, I've got tax-free income when it comes out later in life, I have linkage to the stock market, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, or other indices around the world, and uh, I, I like to tell the story. If you had a hundred thousand down the bank, um, earning five percent interest, and I'm dreaming now, aren't I, Chris? Because you can't right. get five percent the bank today. <laughs> right. But that'd be five thousand dollars, and despite the five percent, you decide. You take the five grand to Vegas and you gamble it, and you're successful and come home with ten thousand. I ask my audiences, would you take the hundred thousand of principal to Las Vegas instead of the five thousand of interest to, for a weekend and have fun? Everybody says, well, no, I wouldn't do that. I'd say, well, with all due respect, you might, I believe, possibly do that because you've already sent your hundred thousand to Wall Street. You signed a document called a prospectus that says you could lose your shirt. Um, and the reason we do it is because we didn't know that we could participate in the performance of Wall Street without sending the principal there. An indexed annuity, you set the, put, put the principal in the safe um, general account of the insurance company with their claims-paying ability backing the strength of that, those, um, those vehicles that they've bought, which are government bonds and high-grade corporate bonds to protect your money, and then they go and take the interest and link it to the market to get us nice high returns. So a typical return in indexed annuity would be probably 4 to 6% in most years. A bad year would be a zero. And a great year could be easily double digits. You take between zero and double digit over time um, on all of the money you've ever had, you can do really well. And in the meantime, you get to sleep at night.
0: Right, right. It's, uh, don't you find it funny? I have clients, people, that actually say, oh, my money's back to where it was. And it was like... Back to where it was seven years ago, right? And
1: so they yeah. lost. Yeah. You and I have folks, I'm sure, come in. I know I do. they say, Carlin, last year I got a 20% return. And I'll say, well, that's terrific. Let me ask you a question. Are you at the highest point you've ever been? And they'll say, well, I'm almost back there. And I'll say, then what you had was a 20% recovery. My client's got a 5 or 6 or 7% gain on top of everything they've ever had. And we might ask your listeners, would you rather have a 5 or 6 or 7% gain on everything you've ever had or a 20% recovery? And the indexed annuities, you never have to recover because there's never a loss. Um, Normally, when you think of safe money, in in today's low interest rate environment, you're thinking of a half a percent return, a one percent return, maybe two. Um, But to have absolute safe money and have opportunities of four, five, six, seven, maybe better, depending on how the market does, um, is is phenomenal. Um, You can do very well over time with those kinds of returns. And then um, we ought to talk at some point here about their ability to create income, too.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely go go right ahead, to explain well, that. Well,
1: they're, they're um, really designed to provide us tremendous income. Now, is it a fair statement, Chris, that everybody needs income?
0: No, no.
1: Um, I, uh, I, I mean, think yeah. when it yeah. comes to... yeah, re- everybody needs yeah. income, yes. Sure, when it comes yeah. to retirement, right. what is what is the definition of retirement? It probably means no longer working, right, ideally. Uh-huh. Right. So where are you going to get your paycheck in retirement? If your employer isn't going to sign your paycheck, just sign it. Well, we hope Social Security will, we can show people how to get the most out of Social Security, but we want to live on more than just that. So when it comes to the rest of your income, you might say, well, I'm going to get it from my portfolio. But there's a problem there. Wall Street says that, the, that to be safe and prudent, you shouldn't take more than 2 to 3% out of your portfolio. It used to be called the 4% rule, but in the last decade or so when we've had 50% losses twice, they had to reduce it, and now they're down to 2 or 3%. Recently, Wall Street Journal said the ironclad safe withdrawal rate well, wow. these annuities have the ability to pay out 5 or 6%. If, if you're in your 60s, it's 5%. If you're in your 70s, it's 6%. How can they pay two or three times what Wall Street's recommending? Well, the difference is Wall Street doesn't know when you're going to die. Wall Street's not built on actuaries. Insurance companies hire actuaries to tell um, them when is this group of people that they've protected likely to have any one individual in the group pass away. And by spreading the risk out... They can um, offer what's called longevity credits. They can give you never run out of money. It's just the benefit that some people die sooner and those mm-hmm. that live longer benefit by that and the, they don't have to pay money out to everybody because not everyone lives long. But in your portfolio with the market, if you, because you don't know when you're going to pass away, you've got to be very cautious of what you pull out. If you knew you were going to die tomorrow, you could party today, right? But since right. you don't know if it's tomorrow or 20 years from tomorrow, you're cautious, and Wall Street helps you be cautious. Don't pull out more than 2 or 3%. That might mean, though, that you're under-withdrawing what you could have otherwise had if you simply knew the end date of your life. What happens is people intend on leaving their assets to the kids, but they don't want to leave their quality of their retirement to them, and yet that's what they're doing. And that's not what they intended. You know, kids just blow the inheritance quickly anyway. Most studies say within six to nine months. It's all spent. I saw a bumper sticker the other day that said, fly first class, your kids will, so we don't want to give the quality of our retirements to our kids. We want that for us. And the way to to preserve it for you and for I is to have annuities that pay out five or six percent withdrawal rates on all that money in that account for as long as we live, no matter how long it is, Instead of trickling out two or three percent. Yeah. You want me to give you an example? I got one that's that's startling.
0: Yes, please. Definitely. If
1: you had five hundred thousand in the market and you took out two percent. Um, like they're saying is the ironclad withdrawal rate. That's what Wall Street Journal is saying. That's that 2% of 500000 is ten grand a year that you can live on. If instead you move that 500000 into an indexed annuity, linking to the same market that you're linking to now, there's only one S&P, only one Dow Jones, that's the one we participate in, and you link to that same market and you get a withdrawal rate of 5% on 500000 that's $25,000. That's two and a half times more than the 10000 that Wall Street's recommending you take out. Why does Wall Street recommend such a low amount? They don't know when you're going to die. Why do insurance companies offer such a higher amount? They spread the risk out in a large pool of people. Some die early, some live longer. We benefit. You can um, spread the risk of longevity. Take it off your shoulders. Give it to an insurance company and let them take on that risk. So you, you say, okay, well, 10000 out of my 500000 at a 2% withdrawal rate, that's not enough to live on. Um, I need more, and I think the market's going up anyway. So you stay the course, and the market does go up, and you're successful, and you grow your 500000 to a million bucks. And now you take out 2% of the million, that's $20,000. Well, we can give them $25,000 on half a million right today. And if your account can grow to a million, it can also go to 250000 and that would be devastating. There's no need to continue taking market risk. And besides that, Chris, as you've, um, I'm sure, seen in the papers Today, in the last few days, everyone thinks the market's at a peak. Robert Schiller is saying it's a peak, and he's waving a caution flag. He says he's a Yale professor and Nobel Prize winner, and he said that um, right currently the market is so high that its earnings ratio is 26, and normally the um, average one is 17. He said it hasn't been this high since, get these years, 1929, the year 2000, and the year 2007. All of those years are when the market declined.
0: Ooh, I got chills when you said that. (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely. You you
1: know, um, we're not realistic in America. Germans, they're conservative. You go to the German stock market, and they actually have a bronze bull and a bronze bear outside their German stock market. And you can Google it, and you can see pictures of that. Uh, Recently, I'm in Wall Street, and there's a bronze um, bull there. I got my picture taken in front of it. I said to my wife, honey, get get a picture of me in front of the bronze bear, and I look around, there is no bear. Um, It's as if the market only goes up in the U.S. Those 5,000 portfolios I've looked at, Everybody's positioned for only one direction. That's up. I don't see stop losses, covered calls, hedge funds, or guarantees in people's portfolios. They need to be realistic. They need to consider the asset class called in fixed indexed annuity, put it into the portfolio, continue to participate in the same market they're in now, but now they've got downside protection. Oh, that feels good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I call in the state of mind, peace. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Really? There's a lot that has to do with quality of life, right? Your health and your wealth the so two of the most important things. Um, and you want to have great health so that you can enjoy your wealth. But, boy, if your wealth is gone, that's a problem. You know, the, the risk is not dying too soon. It's living too long. And there is no other vehicle outside of Social Security and private annuities that will pay you no matter how long you live. Those are the two um, unending income sources. You need to have both of them in your portfolio.
0: Right. And there's a little trick with Social Security that a lot of people don't even realize that they may not get what they think they're going to get, right?
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting? You know, if you don't give it some thought, you think, well, someday when at a, a 62, I'll be eligible to collect Social Security early. At yeah. 66, I can maybe, that's the full retirement age, FRA, I can collect maybe a little more. But but people think I don't have any ability to impact or affect what I'm going to collect. And that that couldn't be further from the truth. The reality is that we have... Um, Dr. Um, Kotlikoff's expertise behind us, probably America's foremost expert on Social Security, and he helps us um, with his calculator, with his knowledge, his training, to create the most income possible out of Social Security. There's over 2,700 ways that you can collect your Social Security check, and there's 100,000 Social Security rules that impact those 2,700 ways where you can collect your income. You can never do that in your head. Social Security even has barred its own employees from telling the general public how to maximize their benefits because it's so complex. So we use Dr. Kotlikoff's calculator and his knowledge, and we have been able to get people as much as a quarter of a million dollars more in lifetime income for husband and wife by maximizing the way they take their Social Security versus if they did not maximize it. Um, it's really important with that benefit that you've paid in taxes your whole life to not leave money on the government's table. You paid for it. You deserve it. You ought to get it.
0: Really? 27,000 ways to take Social Security. I mean, how many... 2,700.
1: 2,700. Yeah, 2,700. I probably misspoke. 2,700 ways to take Social Security. And they have what's called the POMS POMS Program Operating Manual System. It's a thick book like the Los Angeles Telephone Book, and it gives 100,000 directives to the Social Security Administration on how to uh, address every scenario on those 2700 ways to take your Social Security so um, you've got to be very knowledgeable um, or have help and the problem is the most trusted advisor many people say in America is their CPA and CPAs haven't bothered learning how to help you maximize Social Security so um, Chris you have access to this information Dr. Kotlikoff and and it gives us the opportunity To create greater income out of Social Security. Think of the difference that we make in people's lives by getting more out of Social Security and then more out of their portfolio by two and a half, maybe three times the income they otherwise could get. You know what that means for many people? They can retire now instead of in three or five years because if you just doubled or tripled their income from what they thought they could conservatively take from the portfolio, maybe they can quit work now. I hope your listeners come in and, and say, "Hey, I want to check with Chris and have her run some numbers and see if I might be able to retire sooner than I otherwise thought."
0: That's pre- that's pretty exciting, and how it it really is true. And and these principles say with the Social Security, can you elaborate a little more so people get the idea how much more they could actually get just from Social Security and how it works?
1: Sure. Um, when you are age sixty-two you're only getting about 75% of the benefit you would otherwise get if you waited till you're 66. So you're sacrificing a big amount. Well, people take it early at 62 for several reasons. One is maybe they're destitute, they just don't have any other sources. But number two, a lot of people take it and say, well I better get get it while well, the getting is good. Well folks, if you are 55 years of age or older, the getting is good. They don't believe that um, the people in the know and Dr. Kotlikoff do not believe they'll even reduce your benefits for the rest of your life if you're 55 and older. There's no reason for you to have to feel like um, it's a fire sale and I've got to hurry and get in there and, and get what I can. Yes, Social Security has issues, but it's the, it would be the number one hot political potato in America if they were to try to take it away. They aren't, there's no talk of even doing that. They'll make adjustments by reducing benefits for the younger generations. But if you're anywhere near retirement now, you can plan on getting Social Security in its current form for the rest of your life. It's, it's funded for you for the rest of your life. It's just not funded for the younger generation. So um, for those of you that are older and you're mid or middle 50s or later, you need to maximize it. So instead of taking the least amount possible at 62, wait until at least 66, and now you're going to get 100% of what, you're, what you would otherwise be eligible for. But it gets even better, Chris. If you wait all the way to 70, for every year that you wait from 66 to 70, they add 8% on top of what you would otherwise get, plus your cost of living adjustments. And Social Security's average cost of living adjustment for the past 30 years has been just shy of 3%. So if you got um, 8% plus 3 each year between um, age 66 and 70 and then turned it on, man, that'd be terrific. And you're thinking, well, I don't know if that makes sense, Carlin, because how long am I going to live? Well, statistics I have right here in front of me, Chris, say that if if you are a husband and wife age 65, you have a 50-50 chance that one of you is going to live to age 92. Um, that you'll need money um, then, too, just like you need it today. But if the check runs out, uh, that would be miserable. You want to make sure that your income is maximized and that it's lifetime. Uh, that everybody needs income, but most people don't have maximized lifetime income. And yet it's free for the taking. It's available. We want to help you with that.
0: Right. So you want to plan on living to 100 and take care of yourself so you can and plan so you have enough um, money to last.
1: Yeah, you know, people make the mistake, they'll say, well, I don't think I'm going to live to 100, exactly. so I'll just take it early. Um, yeah. the, the, that's the, that's flawed thinking. It's like um, saying, well, the statistics say there's only one house out of every 1,000 that burned down, so I'm not going to insure my home. The reason that's the problem is you don't own 1,000 homes. You only own one. And if yours is the one that burns down, you have a complete loss. You don't have a 1,000 lives and not even nine lives like a cat. You've got one. And if your one life lives longer than you planned, I mean, you're out of money, you've got a terrible problem and you can't go back and redo it. You're better off to plan for the long haul. And if you die early and, and if you're fortunate and go to heaven, you don't need money there, right? So we're all good.
0: Yeah. Wow. Maybe maybe you could talk to us a little bit about the order of, risk, of return risk.
1: Sure. Um, yeah. Lots of people here... Things like the Lipper average um, or the average um, return of mutual funds for the last two years or five years or, or whatever it is. And averages can be very deceiving. Let me just give you an example. If you've got um, a, a client, let's say he put his money in the stock market in 1973 and he threw 100 grand in there and he, and he split it up, he was prudent, half in stocks, half in bonds, waited 22 years, got an average of a 10.1% return. That 100,000 will grow to 846,000. Sounds terrific, and it, and it is. Um, Let's say another person at that same year, 1973, did exactly what I just described. The only difference was he took a 5% withdrawal each year. Instead of that account growing to $846,000, the account went broke because of those 5% withdrawal rates. You're thinking, wait, if the account averaged 10.1 and he only took out 5, how is it possible you could wipe out that account? And The answer is that averages don't matter. It's the order of the return that you get that matters. You see, the most critical time to make sure you don't lose money in the stock market is the five years before you retire and the five years right after you retire, because if you have a big hit then, you may never recover from it. Let me give you an example. In December 1999, I'm sure a lot of people were retiring. They retire every December. And here comes March of 2000, just three months later, and the stock market begins to decline. The S&P ended up down 49.5%, and the NASDAQ dropped 63 so the people's plans that were in retirement just that um, December, a few months earlier, were put on hold. They don't buy the RV. They don't travel. They don't help the children's, um, the kids' grand- the grandchildren's education. They're, they're out of money. So they wait, and they want their account to recover because they just lost half of it. And they wait all the way to 2007. The account's about, about back up to its high point again, and then the market did it to them again. From 2007 to 2009, it dropped by 50%. People forget they don't remember that the Dow Jones was down around 6,500. Today it's at 16, almost 17,000, um, and uh, that's a huge difference. And we're, we're at the high point now, so we've got to be careful. So averages um, can be misleading. It's that return, the order that you get the return in. For example, the first year in retirement, if you lost 50%, it really doesn't matter what you average after that. You only have half the money to work with. You've got to be careful that you protect what you've got. It reminds me of the joke of the of the stock analysts that drowned crossing the river. It was only three feet deep, on average.
0: <laughs> oh dear, that's a good one. I never heard that one before.
1: Yeah. Well, we we want to protect against that, right? If you have a okay. fixed indexed annuity and um, zero is your floor, you never give back a gain. The principal is never at risk. Uh, then then you don't have to worry about the order that the returns come in because they uh, you don't have to have a recovery. That's why the order of returns is important. If you're always working on a recovery um, instead of a true gain, that just eats up time. Time is one of the most valuable things you have. You can't afford to give it away uh, when you're nearing retirement or, or in retirement. And an indexed annuity guards your time. It protects you. In fact, an indexed annuity, because it will provide double the payout of what Wall Street's recommending on a diversified portfolio, it buys you time, the time you might need to... Uh, might otherwise not have so that you can retire on time. If you wanted to retire today, but your portfolio and your advisor currently is telling you, no, I think we've got to put another five years in, you know, come and check with me in five years from now, maybe an indexed annuity is just the ticket that you need to buy you time to let you retire today, and how does it do that? It doubles the payout, and so you've got way more income than you thought was capable of, of generating out of that portfolio.
0: That's amazing, and nobody knows about this. This is just, it's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there, Chris. And again, the reason there's misinformation is the people that are writing it are protecting their turf. I don't necessarily fault them, except I wish they'd just be truthful or not say anything at all, okay. um, instead of misinforming the public. Indexed annuities are a phenomenal invention. If your current broker, think of this for your listeners, if your current broker called you up and said, on the phone i've got a brand new mutual fund and i thought i'd just um... introduce it to you to see if you're interested in putting some of your money there it's it puts the floor underneath your feet it captures the gains every twelve months on autopilot from the market you don't have to call me up and say it's time to um, to sell you don't have to buy it just does it on autopilot and and it captures those gains without triggering a taxable event it'll capture the gains without you having to sell the very vehicle responsible for the gain you see normally uh, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, if I call you up and tell you that, hey, I think it's time to, make a, a, to, to realize your gains, that means we've got to sell whatever is responsible for those, those gains. If you're winning at that point, nobody wants to sell their winners okay. while they're winning. When do they sell them? When they start losing, and then right. you're giving back opportunity. I've never met anyone, Chris, that retired on unrealized gains. Uh, you got to realize them. You got to turn paper into reality in order to have an income that you can actually go out and buy the groceries with, and pay the bills, and and travel, and help the grandchildren's education. And these indexed annuities do that spectacularly. So this advisor says, if I've got all these features for you, automatically grabbing the gains, and and I can even throw a bonus on of five to ten percent on the amount that you put in this vehicle, and there's no downside, no risk, uh, tremendous liquidity. I can give you so much liquidity that you can take out 10% per year, which means you can take it all out in 10 years, which means that um, you've wiped out the account in just 10 years. Uh, Maybe I should ask you, do you have a plan in place to spend all of your life savings in the next 10 years? And, of course, everybody says no because they hope to live longer. And yet these indexed annuities will let you take everything you put in back out in just 10 years without any penalties at all. Remember, Wall Street used to say prudent people don't take out more than 4%, and now they're down to 3 or 2 and yet the indexed annuity will let you take as much as 10. I hope you don't. You're going to run out of money, but that's how much liquidity there is. It's tremendous liquidity. So, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, this is this new mutual fund I've got. It does all these features for you. Would you be interested? Everybody would say yes, right, Chris? Well, right. it's not a mutual fund. It's an indexed annuity. Don't let the term, terminology throw you off. It's a phenomenal vehicle.
0: Really, really. So your market risk cannot be diversified out of using stocks and mutual funds, right?
1: Right. So the problem with that um, is I don't think the general public, Chris, understands what diversification does for you and what it does not do for you. Everybody says, don't have all your eggs in one basket. You better diversify. So they do that. They own a bunch of mutual funds, maybe some stocks, they got some bonds. The problem is when the stock market falls, everything in the market falls with it. In 2009, at the bottom, 13 of 16 asset classes all lost value. One of the most diversified mutual funds in America – that had 468 individual holdings lost over forty percent of its value despite that great diversification the reason is it's like when the tide goes out um, all boats um, go down when the tide comes in all boats rise so if you're a stock in the stock market and the market is rising you're probably going to benefit by that and go up and no matter how good of a company you are when the market is falling you go down with it so you can you can diversify by um, picking good companies like maybe you pick John Deere or Caterpillar those are maybe good companies and and so um, that way you're diversifying out of business risk as if, as opposed to a poorly run business that might have their stock price drop but but John Deere and Caterpillar are still going to go down no matter how well that company's run when the market declines so if you're staying in mutual funds and stocks is the bulk of your portfolio, you can't diversify out of market risk doing that. You have to have an entirely different asset class. The fixed indexed annuity can address that for you because it puts a floor underneath your feet. It's like a stop loss in your account and um, automatically prevents you from going backwards and you don't have to tell anybody to to sell or do anything. It just just works that way. And so now you don't have the same kind of market risk you had before. In fact, you have no market risk inside the indexed annuity. It it really is. It's
0: Really, quite wonderful when when the market goes down and you don't lose a dime. I mean, it it, it people can't believe that, that 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 really happens. Maybe you could talk to us a little bit about the the fixed index annuity and asset classes and you know. Uh,
1: yeah, be happy to Chris. The reason that when the market goes down that you don't lose money in index annuity is none of your money is in the market. Now that sounds funny when we're getting our benefits from the market, right. but. Let's think about this again. Um, If I have the ability to take your principal and put it outside the market, in this example, in the general account of some of America's strongest insurance companies, backed by the full faith and uh, claims-paying ability of that company, that track record is so strong that no one has ever lost money in an insurance company doing this, including when AIG went down. That's that's a pretty good test. A lot of people can say, hey, you're safe, and, and they've never been tested. But when you're tested and a company like AIG fails and you still don't lose any money, that means the system works. So we've got your principal absolutely protected outside the market. We make a a small yield on that, maybe 3%. We take that 3% and link it to indexes of your choice. Let's say you pick the S&P 500. We actually can take a position in the index of the S&P 500 equal to the size of your principal that's parked outside the market with tremendous leverage because we take the position for just 12 months. Now, if you went and took $3,000 and bought a stock or share of something, you would only own $3,000 worth of that, um, those shares in that stock, and, but you owned it indefinitely, correct? And so there's really not any leverage. It's a one-to-one ratio. But if I can take 3000 which is just your interest, it's just your yield, it's just the, goose, uh, just the eggs that the, that the golden goose is laying, and send only the eggs to the market, never sending the goose, the goose there, um, and use tremendous leverage for 12 months, represent your $100,000 in the market without putting it there, if the market went up sufficiently that we were able to capture a 10% return on your 100 grand, you're now worth 110. And I didn't have to put your 100 at risk or um, the principal in the market to make that happen. It's kind of like standing on the edge of a lake and looking down the water and seeing your reflection. Um, I'm on the shore, I'm not in the water, but I see me in the water. Am I in the water? No, if my body represents the principal, I'm on the shore, high and dry where it's safe. And yet all the action, all the opportunities in that water, in the lake. And so I want to participate there But if I simply represent my principal, I see myself in the lake, the reflection's there. I can represent your principal in the stock market without actually with tremendous leverage on just using your interest only. You know what that means? When the market goes against us, we lose your interest. That means you get a 0% return for that year. But but, um, the goose was never damaged. We get more eggs next year. We send more yield to the market next year. That's why we say the floor is zero and the ceiling is whatever we can get out of the market, depending on the vehicle and the market's performance, those combination of things. Average returns are 4, 5, 6%. Um, the worst returns are zero. There's never a negative. The best returns are in the double digits. My own mother got 20% out of one of these senior principal one year. That's not usual, not, not common. But she called me up and said, Carlin, did you see the return you got for me? I said, I sure did, Mom. And she said, Well, I wanted to thank you for that. I also wanted you to know that I don't expect this every year, but occasionally it would be just fine. <laughs>
0: That's so cute. Really, really. So yeah. it's really retirement income you can trust.
1: It is, because um, if you're going to retire and you're going to give up that paycheck from that employer and quit that job permanently, you need a paycheck you can trust. And the only two that I know of that are the most trustworthy, that are most long-lasting, would be Social Security and a private annuity. I have a friend who had a mother that lived into her 90s, and she stayed independent all the way to the, the, the last months of her life. And she used to walk down the long driveway of her home and to pick up what she called her old friends. Her old friends were her annuity check and her Social Security check. And she said every month those friends came all the way to, um, into her 90s. And one day she called her son and said, you know, is this correct? Because I've long since exhausted my principal with this annuity, and this check keeps coming every month. How is that possible? She says, well, Mom, it's possible because you are one of those people that are living longer than life expectancies, but other people didn't live as long, and so the company pools the risk amongst thousands or hundreds of thousands of people, and they're able to pay it out because not everybody lives to their 90s. And she says, well, I just feel... Like maybe I'm taking advantage of the system so no that's how it works um, you know when you insure your home and it never burns down but somebody else's does your premium goes to help rebuild their house that's not a problem that's how the system works and so if you don't have an annuity you're taking longevity risk and the quality of the income risk and market risk and everything else on your shoulders it's not necessary there are alternatives and that's what this vehicle does for you
0: it's so exciting Maybe you could tell everybody a little bit about how the longevity credits and, you know, how that makes annuities such winners.
1: And yeah, how- see, uh, again, um, we've touched on it, but when you don't know when you're going to pass away, um, then you got to be very careful with how much you spend in your portfolio, right? Because right. because uh, you might run out. So I made the statement earlier, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, you could party to blow all your money today. But we don't know when that day is going to be, and if it's not tomorrow and if it's not for 10, 20, 30 years, I've got to be very careful with how much I take out. So, I, so Wall Street knows that. So they write in their current Wall Street um, Journal and in Money Magazine, the March issue this year, they say that prudent individuals, according to Dr. Fowle, who did research on this, don't take out more than one8 to 3%. Wall Street Journal said 2%. So we take it out slowly to make sure we don't run out. But what happens if you don't live all that long and you only took your money out slowly? That means there's a lot less when your wife are gone. And who gets that money? Your kids. And the end result to you is you sacrifice the quality of your retirement because you could have spent at a higher rate had you only known the date that that you were going to pass away. Because you can't know that, you go and take the money slowly. Contrast that to longevity credits and annuity. The annuity company doesn't know when you or I are going to die either. But, Chris, if you and I get into a room that has 1,000 people in it, the actuaries can say that on average in this room – um, the, based on the age, um, age group of the people, in the next month there should be two people that will pass away. The following month there will be another two. The next month there will be three. And so they know what the risk is in a group of people. And even though they don't know which person it is, it doesn't matter because they're spreading the risk amongst the whole group. That means the end result is instead of being so cautious that I under my my life savings, that 90,000 hours I don't even get to spend it because I'm being so cautious, I can go and put that 90,000 hours of money in an annuity and have the company spread the risk out just like they do in fire insurance and auto insurance and everything else, and now I can get a higher withdrawal rate because the actuaries down at the insurance company figured it out. They figured out what my longevity credit should be, and they reward me. The longer I live, the higher the payout is. If I start my income in my 60s, I can take 5% of the money in the annuity annually as my payout for my income, and of course they'll pay it to you monthly or however you want. If I wait till I'm in my 70s, I can take out 6% of my um, value of that account monthly or annually throughout the year. Um, then take six and divide it by 12. Or if I wait till i in my 80s, I can take seven. You know what wise people do? They might buy several annuities and they turn on one when they're in their 60s and they're getting a 5% withdrawal rate. And then one day they wake up and they're in their 70s and they're like, hey, inflation's a little bit. I might I could use some more income. I could use a raise, a pay raise. I would like another bigger paycheck. And so they turn on the next annuity in their 70s. And now they get a six percent withdrawal rate. And if they live all the way into their 80s, they can turn on another one and now they can get a seven percent withdrawal rate. And these increases happen every 10 years for the rest of your life to the point where you can have tremendous amounts of income, offsetting inflation, offsetting the cost of longevity. You know, if you can just preserve your standard of living for live, most people say I'll be just fine. But I don't know how to do that, folks. This is how you can do it.
0: This is so exciting! What a beautiful tool. And and it for, is, it, yeah. So I, I
1: really- love um, I love the fact that that I'm I'm in order for me to feel secure, um, Chris, in my retirement and quit my job. I'm going to need income. And where are my paychecks going to come from? Well, I know I'll get one from Social Security, but where else? Well, I'd like the other one. For me personally, I'd like it to annuities. In fact, I've um, put the bulk of my dollars personally where my mouth is, in annuities, and I've wrapped them in Roth wrappers, which um, even though I had to pay taxes in the years that I made the conversion, I felt like I'd rather pay taxes on the, on the seed than on the crop. Uh, Chris, I grew up on a farm, and, and you, you spend a lot less for the seed in the spring that you put in the ground than what you can sell the crop for in the fall and I believe taxes are going to go up over time our country seems to have a voracious appetite for spending both our government our people everybody and so if taxes go up then they're on sale today I'd rather pay the sale price today and take some of my money and in other cases for me I took all my money and I converted it to Ross and so now I have tax-free growth I have tax-free income I have no market risk I have two or three times the withdrawal rate that I can take from that pot of money that I could take if I was in the market and what am I sacrificing Not much, because in a diversified portfolio, according to Dahlbar and JP Morgan, most people are getting only one-third of the up of the market. Um, They're sacrificing the other two-thirds because their losers offset their winners because of fees, volatility. Well, I'm not able to get all the up in my index annuity either. But in an imperfect world, in a diversified portfolio in the market, you get some of the up and some of the down. Fair enough? In the index annuity, you get some of the up and none of the down. If I have to choose from imperfection, I like my imperfection better, especially when it can provide me such a strong income of two or three times what I could get by staying in the market and playing that game. I think most people would be willing to leave the market today if they knew where to go and feel like they're not throwing in the towel. You're not throwing in the towel with an index annuity. The index means, that word means S&P 500 index, Dow Jones index. Um other indices around the world, the Hang Seng, the Euro Stocks fifty. We're linked to stock indices but just we're doing it in a safe manner. We're participating in the same market that everybody else is, but we're just doing it in a different way.
0: Right. That that is so exciting. And and you know, what happens especially with longevity, right? They actually pay you from their own money, right?
1: Um you're talking about the insurance company?
0: Yeah, the insurance company. When you're after you've yeah. got say you've got your principal back in and you have longevity <clears throat> Those those end years is not is going to be their money paying you that income.
1: Yes, and the reason they can afford it is because some people passed away early, and so they they were left with excess dollars there. They're just they're spreading the risk across, and people the people that died um, early probably don't feel about the fact that they didn't collect as much as they could either, because you're not even here anymore, right? And right. hopefully you have set up your estate correctly to take care of the kids, whether you have life insurance or whether you leave them what is left um, of your um, various funds, but but I want to make it clear that in an, in an indexed annuity, you are not giving up your principal to the insurance company. You continue to control and own that. If, for an example, if you had $100,000 in principal and you gave it to the insurance company and you start taking out $10,000 a year as a withdrawal rate, no, let's, let's do high, let's say $5,000, that would be 5%. So you take out 5000 a year, and let's say you've done it for, t- for five years. That's 25000 that you've now taken out out of the hundred. And let's say at that point you get hit by a car. There's 75,000 left in your principal. You know who gets the 75? It goes to your or to your kids. Now, the reason that they can continue to pay out, um, even if you outlive others and are longer, is because they um, make fees on this. And their typical uh, fees in the companies build up um, tremendous amounts of money. Think about this. Uh, Wall Street and everybody, banks, do this too. They're all money managers. And banks try to pile up as much money in deposits as they can because they charge a fee. The bank's fee might be three or four percent. It's called a spread. If they pay you one percent on your money, but they lend it out at four or five percent, then they're making the difference between one and five, which would be four in my example. That four percent on um, hundreds of millions or billions of dollars adds up to a lot of money. Insurance companies do the same thing. They pile up assets under management. And um, when you send your money in the form of life insurance or annuities, they're piling it up. They invest it. They make a fee on it that's greater than what they pay you, so that they can make profit and pay their shareholders and so on. They can take those um, dollars that they've earned that are profitable and use it to not only make the company strong, but to um, make their policyholders strong and to pay out incomes should you live longer than otherwise expected. You know, I'm no actuary. I'm not um, an expert at risk, but insurance companies are. and They've been around forever. Why not take the risk of life, the risk of your car and being in an accident, of your home burning down, And and this is what people didn't realize. You can take the risk of longevity and the risk of um, having too little income because of either living too long or not having a high enough withdrawal rate. Um, You can get rid of the market risk as well, give it all over to the insurance company. And they don't take the risk either. They just spread it around. So um, they're fine too. They're healthy.
0: That does make sense. You know, and I get asked a lot about, well, is there FDIC or what kind of backing do these insurance companies have?
1: Sure. Well, um, uh, there is no FDIC. That's from the federal government. Just a comment about that. If um, if you really want money from the FDIC as a safety net, you're probably going to have to invest your money in a CD one of the smallest banks in America. So that if they failed, there'd actually be some money in the FDIC to pay you. Now, um, if you were to, if the failure were to be a huge insurance company, I mean a huge bank, there's not enough money in the FDIC now. Much healthier. It just makes great sense. The reason we still think it's good is because we assume the government would print money or raise taxes to make good on being able to funnel more money into the FDIC. That's where that safety comes from, the faith in the government. Um, But when it comes to annuity um, insurance companies, they stand alone on their own two feet. They are strong, independent. They've got all the money and reserves necessary to pay out all the claims. It's the law. law. They can't go and and, uh, take uh, risk unnecessarily with your principal. Some of the finest companies that I like are very conservative with principal. 98% of it's all investment grade stuff. A lot of it actually US treasury bonds or the highest grade corporate bonds possible. And so they're very safe with the money. Let me give you an example. Um, if you went to the world's largest bond fund seller, Pimco Bond Funds in Long Beach, California, and you went down to the CEO, Bill Gross, and he said, Bill, give me the safest Uh, bond that you've got and he sells you the safest one they've got and despite all of that track record and safety for some reason that bond defaults on you you go back to Bill and say Bill the bond defaulted on me I need my money back are you gonna get it not in that world that's not how that works but if one of the insurance companies you put your money um, in went down to Bill and bought that same bond and that bond defaulted on the insurance company you won't even know it you won't feel it because they have so much money that to have a little um, blip go bad here or there Is not enough to um, upset the apple cart and you are just fine I'd rather have another layer of protection between me and my investments I want the insurance company to buy my investments for me if I buy them direct then I'm naked if I let the insurance company buy them for me I've got a whole lot of extra protection between me and that particular investment going south Insurance companies are so heavily regulated, so well monitored and managed, that no indexed annuity company has ever failed. And, and fixed, in, fixed annuities have been around since 1913. There have been a few companies that, that did fail, two or three there, but failure is not what you think. Failure means that instead of having 100 cents on the dollar, they had 98 cents or 95 cents. And if you waited until the, the um, reserve system took place and the receivership by the state guarantee fund, which generally is one or two years, then you are made whole at the end of that process. There's, there's a lot of strength there. State guarantee funds um, are available anywhere from 100 to $500,000 per account in every state, depending on your state, it varies. And um, those provide additional backup. So there's a system that allows for us to have um, great strength um, and um, great security. It doesn't mean you shouldn't check your insurance company out. You should, but, um, Chris, you and I know um, many good ones that are extremely strong and uh, um, I, th- I think you combine the strong company with the regulation behind them and the fact that they don't take credit risk with your money to begin with because it is- isn't necessary, and you've got um, as a strong of a combination of where you put your money of any place that I can think of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Carlin, with your, with your amazing 32 experiences and all the thousands of people you've talked to, and I wanted to leave our listeners with some tips. We've got a few minutes left, but... Um, and I wanted you to, to address that if you were talking to someone that was 20, what would you tell them and do that for a 20-year-old, 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old? Just because I really feel that the younger people really are in trouble and, and maybe you can share some from t- insight with them.
1: Sure. When you're young, it's very difficult to um, to have a long view of life, right? You live in the moment. You're probably selfish, um, not intentionally, just the way life is. You think you got your whole life, you'll, um, you'll, you'll get your act together later. You'll save money later. You'll do good things later. Um, but if you really want to have great help, you think about how much money you spend to go to college for four years to get a degree. And the degree is designed to give you education to help you earn a living. But no one really spends any time with you, like you mentioned earlier, Chris, to help you know how to spend the money once you've got it. You really ought to go down to the bookstore and get some great books Um, on how to manage your money. There's plenty of them there. You can get resources online. You can get financial calculators, one being from Dr. Kotlikoff, right online that you can put in what your rent is, your car payment, your college payments, and uh, figure out um, a budget for myself and try to live within that budget. Um, Also, the Bible says there's safety in the counsel of many. So uh, talk to your parents, even though you're independent and out of the house. Um, Talk to a financial advisor, um, maybe your your employer. Um, If you've got a 401K, um, contribute everything you can into it because your employer. Hopefully, if, they, if you work where they match, that's free money. Take advantage of that. Um, be cautious with the risk because, um, again, um, hanging on to what you've got is, is just so important, um, following Warren Buffett's rule number one. And whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, really this is sound advice all the way along. Um, the point of being in your 20s is you just have more time to really make up a difference. You know, you can, you, If you have more time, the reality is you can take less risk and still make out really well. It's also true, though, that if you have very little time, maybe you're in your 60s and you're going to retire in a year or two, you can't take risk then either because that's the least time to have a big amount of um, risk on your portfolio where you where you have a damaging event happen and it drops your portfolio dramatically. You just don't have the time to recover from it. So um, you want to be careful um, with risk all throughout your life. Um, I think just living below your means, right, no matter what your age is, um, Spend less than you make every month. It's it's not rocket science. It's um, Americans were spoiled. We all have credit card debt. We spend more than we make. Um, we've got um, the plastic cards in our wallet to allow us to go and buy stuff right now, and we can be impulsive. I heard someone say once they took all their credit cards and put them in the froze them into a solid block of ice, and that way, if they were impulsive to want to buy something, they had to come home and wait for the thing to thaw before they could go buy it. By then, the the impulse had worn off, and they didn't buy it. So. <laughs> Uh, When you get older, here's important advice, Chris. People say, well, I think I can live on less in retirement. Let me ask you a question. During your working years, what day of the week was the most expensive for you to live? And the answer for most is Saturday because on Saturday you shop, you play golf, you go buy new cars, you spend a lot of money on Saturdays. The rest of the week you're working. I've got news for retirees, In retirement is a Saturday. And you're going to need a lot of income to be able to maintain the quality of living that you would like. So there's no time like the present to get more advice. Hey, Chris, if they come and see you, your listeners come and see you, the worst thing that could happen is they learn some good things and, and, and uh, they're better off. I mean, th- th- there's no obligation when they visit with you to have to do business with you. Um, this is a chance for a second opinion to be able to learn more about um, what we've talked about today, moderating the risk. Put that risk on somebody else's shoulders. There's entire industries out there called the insurance industry that um, is there to facilitate man risk for us. I'm no expert at risk. That never sounded too intriguing to me. I don't even want to have to deal with it. I'm just going to give it to somebody else.
0: You know this is this is such amazing information and 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 I hope to have you back again because this is such a big subject to talk about it is
1: and, and, it is
0: uh it's you know sometimes you have to repeat it over and over again because it's complicated people don't you just can't get it off the first you know run around but yeah,
1: that's right. I'd be happy to come back let me leave you listeners with one last thought. Do you yeah, want to be rich or absolutely positively sure you'll never run out of money and be poor? Well, if you want to be absolutely positively sure you're never going to run out of money and be poor, you've got to maximize Social Security and you've got to own a private annuity. Both are available to you. And, Chris, you have the knowledge to help your advisors, your listeners with all of that.
0: Well, thank you, Carlin. I really appreciate that. And, and thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. And we'll talk again soon.
0: Thank you. And God bless.
1: Mm, bye.
2: Dude, 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 I'm mad. Found out you can't take the curve at 85 My whole life flashed before my eyes I braced myself to leave this world behind As a million questions raised across my mind Did I live, did I love? Did I matter to someone?